to breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch what she's doing somehow like oh what's gonna happen oh right i'm not there in real life the only way she's gonna be so upset with me but you know what fuck her today that's how i feel i have not gotten any work done today because this one has been just a hell on wheels a hellhound she is a puppy after all she is a puppy who enjoys eating anything with snot shit any other bodily oh, fluid no. she can dig up. She's She's going torn for up the both bathroom bathrooms. Trash cans. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many panties have you gone through? Doors. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I yep. have to order more. Yep. Panties Socks. and I I remember, yeah, tampons and mm-hmm. yep. all that. All the good protein, you know? That's Ooh. what it is in yep. the end. It's Whitney. just protein. It is <laughs> just as if we're not giving her enough fucking protein. Mm. But, you know, it's never enough for them. It's never enough. (laughs) It's enough Uh, for me. (laughs) Okay. I literally have a handyman coming tomorrow because none of my doors close well enough to keep the dog out. Like, she's learned how to throw throw her body weight at a door to open it. Like, she gets a running start and then jumps into the air to knock it open. So she's broken half the latches. So I got to get like strong. <laughs> she's smart, man. Look at how smart she is. What SWAT team is, is she, she smart? <laughs> it's something. It's something. Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm with Lisa. I don't think she's smart. I think she's a cop. Mm-hmm. That's a problem in 2021. Let me tell you. She's going to have to learn to stop these no-knock raids. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, yesterday was 420. Mm-hmm. They... Mm-hmm convicted Derek Chauvin which was nice and then like 15 minutes before that or after the it was child a child in Ohio <laughs> was murdered by the police so there you go can't have anything yep <sighs> what a fucking bummer mm-hmm. that's the world this is yeah. America <laughs> I just want to be surprised by something I mean, honestly, I was surprised that they fucking convicted him on all three counts. Like, I was like, holy shit, thank God. But I'm sure, like, have you watched the video? Uh, It's horrible of the girl Mm -hmm. getting shot by the police. Like, I'm sure they're going to figure out a way to, you know. Yeah. Just zero de escalation. Mm -hmm. And then. All of them, yeah. Also, even if you're guilty, the cops shouldn't be shooting at you. Uh, no. There's that, too. I feel like with all the... <laughs> just while we're on the fucking subject, right. I guess. But, all like, the worst. all of the, like, ma- like, I guess mass shootings or public shootings that have been happening. I'm like, what, y'all got vaxxed? And you <laughs> were you waiting to get vaxxed and then just go out and fucking kill? I mean- like, it's it's coming back as the public is coming back. Like it's fucking god awful, and that's exactly what's happening. It's it feels like bizarre. I wonder if they were a bunch of like murderers, mass shooters have just been waiting to be like, oh man, I can't wait until a movie theater fills all the way up again. Like I'm not yeah. gonna go if it's half full, limited yeah. capacity. Uh- 
They've like, probably been out there this whole time just shooting their guns. It's just not hitting anybody until now. That terrible. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah now I don't want to leave the house. Uh, we don't have to, right? Like, right. Just because they say you can doesn't mean you have to. That's never a sign of mental illness, is it? I mean, it can go either way. (laughs) I feel a little pushed out into the world uh, before I was fully ready, but I feel like that's also insane. I went to an open mic. It was bad. Oh, which one? Um, Well, I went to... uh, Oh, God. It's Cat's... Uh, oh, the creek creek. In the, yeah. Yep. Um, and so, like, you know, I trust Cat because I've known Cat forever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I showed up and it was a whole bunch of people I did not know. Yeah. All, a lot of people. All men. All got men. Funny, though. Didn't you realize that a lot of people got funnier mm-hmm. over the last year and they were mm-hmm. all, I assume, white males and. Yeah, they're all just all out there grinding. Now. Yeah, just grinding, just doing the game, just hustling, just uh, you grinding, know, like, crushing. You got to write three hours a day. You got to grind three hours a night. You got to be on top of your socials. You got to promo. You got to get yourself uh, headshots. You got to get yourself a drone. You got to grind. You want to be in this game, girl? You got to get out there. You got to be at three mics a night. Haven't you listened to anything that I'm not going to say? Who get has Karina been saying? Some if, can we mute her? <laughs> just upsetting. Oh, I kind of liked it. I hated it for a minute, and then I got on board. I mean, do you feel motivated now to Karina just like PE it's coach like a, you into doing better? Honestly, there's like a there, there's that part of me that's like so angry about like. It it makes me want to be like, oh fuck off! I'm gonna go take your time. Like I'm gonna take your time yeah. off of this day. Like, but then I'm like, but why? <laughs> why I am I doing that? Part of me, like, yeah, really, like, wants to go out there and be like, yeah, I only did three Zoom shows in the last year, but here's my hour. Fucking suck on it, you right? Know? But then I don't really have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know I suck along with everybody else. It's just I suck for the reason that I didn't do comedy for a year. No, but here's the thing. Here's what's crazy, Karina. Okay. What's this is, crazy? This is now a comedy podcast. Uh, <laughs> so th- what's crazy is that I was li- just shitting bricks about doing, like, do I remember how to do it? Do I remember how to be on It's like riding a bike. Like, I just got up there and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I didn't tell any new jokes because fuck that for a while. But, like. <laughs> I, it yeah. was, it was, uh, and, and then I was like, oh, this was better. <laughs> this was better than this open mic deserved. Ah. <laughs> then I, uh, yeah, I've been feeling pretty, uh, a lot better anyway about comedy. People, people always say this about riding bikes, but l- the first time I got on a bike after 10 years, it didn't go well. It, it went oh. really badly. I fell over yeah, I mean, to be fair, I did the, the kind of the same thing. CJ got me a bike a couple years ago, and I was like, I'll try. They're hard. You have to push hard they with are. your legs. See, yeah. I think 
I think that's, I don't know if it's necessarily because you don't know how to write. It's just that we're all old now and you're not just barreling straight forward without any real threat of injury because, you know, at the time you were a child and your bones were made of, I don't know, bendy shit. That's another aspect of this whole thing is that going into this pandemic, I felt like, oh my God, I'm 40. I'm in my comedy prime. I got shit to say and experience under my belt. And now on the other side of it, I'm like, I'm 43. I'm too old to do comedy. <laughs> I just, I'm way too old. Like I don't want to be with the people who are doing it. How did you age three years? Didn't you? <laughs> Didn't we all? Maybe that's I, what I actually reversed. happened. I that's did re- no, I happened. I just forgot how old I was until the pandemic hit, and then I started like doing the math more frequently because there was nothing else to do, and I realized I was much older than I thought. Did you do it by days? Uh huh. Hours, minutes, mm-hmm. seconds. Just, I just imagine you like doing the little like check marks on the wall. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I actually do have. I do have a wall like that. It's not days, but the girls have taken, you know, you do that thing where you measure your height. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, you do that once a year, but quarantine, they did it like once a week and it looks real jail celly. It just, <laughs> it's just a lot of slashes on the wall. Like they've been <laughs> fucking the whole neighborhood and just notching the wall up. Anyway, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm in a bad mood. That's fun. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. bad moods are a lot of fun. Yeah, sometimes they are. God's just <laughs> looking at me. I don't care. I don't care how polite she's being. She's staying out there. Mm. I mean, it sounds like it's one uh, of those, like, I'm going to be a dick. And it's like a, what, it's breadcrumbing? Or, yeah, I'll call it breadcrumbing. Yeah. Okay. Where she's like, look how sweet I am on the other side of this window. Remember this? And you're like, I'll take you back in. And then she comes in and fucks Mm -hmm. shit up. And then you put her back out. And she's like, hey, but remember? But also, I'm so sad about being out here. Look what you're doing to me. Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty of owning a dog. Is that everything that would be unhealthy in a human relationship is perfectly normal and expected with a dog relationship. You're supposed to be unnaturally attached to each other. You're supposed to treat each other like shit. Um, as long as you don't hit each other. You know what I mean? Like there's, you're, you're allowed to just sort of live out every bad relationship trope you want with a dog. And it works out just great. Codependency is what they want. <laughs> what they need. And that's also why we uh, don't fuck dogs. Because then that's yes. crossing that line. And then exactly. you're dog. That's you think they're needy now? You the can't give reason. it up. Yeah. If you give it up, they're going to be crawling down your sheets every day. Some of them Ooh. do anyway. Oh. I'm getting well, grossed came, out by this conversation. Circle. I'm getting grossed out. This came full circle and it's upsetting. <sighs> Everything's upsetting. I know. Remember with the cops? Mm-hmm. Um Who's hi? Welcome to comedy. Whiny brunch. Welcome to we're upset brunch. (laughs) (laughs) We're Uh, bummed. Yeah, we're bummed brunch. That's what WB stands for. Sure does. I'm Karina. I'm Lisa. I'm Whitney. 
Nice. That's all you need to know about us. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. How oh, many man. of our podcasts have episodes have we said bye before we start telling our stories? Seven. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. I knew Wouldn't it was be more cool than if five. I knew that. That's yeah. not that. I mean, seven. That's yeah, seven's not that many. That's not. That's no, no, we seven percent. Yeah, because we're at a hundred. <laughs> we're at a hundred. We repeat our jokes a seasoned comic's worth, mm. not an open micer's worth. Right? 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 Good, 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 good. Just to continue on this high horse that we're riding all over town right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The highest horse. Mm. This the horse lowest is- sad horse just <laughs> dragging itself across the ground. Oh, my God. I just pictured a depressed horse, and it honestly made me feel better. Just, like, picturing a horse, like, clop, clop. That clop, makes me clop. sad. That bums me. Clop. Like that's like the saddest thing I can fucking think of. I think it's because no, I, I just think it's sad. like the downtown horses. Any horse downtown is that horse. Yeah, like it's sad flopping down Congress with a fucking carriage attached to it, just like clip shitting in a bag. Clip clop with the blinders <laughs> on the side of its eyes. <laughs> It's bloodshot oh, eyes. Oh God! Another day shitting in a bag. Imagery is gonna. <laughs> just... uh, who wants to tell a story, Mister Dead? Uh... <laughs> Mister Dead, that's funny. I went to I one like... open mic. I like. There you go. Now you got all the jokes. I'm funny. Yes, she again. actually Grindr. stole that from someone. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag grinder. Mr. Dead. <laughs> His name is Mr. Dead. Sorry. Yep. Um, I don't know. Who wants to go first? I've Does got anyone... breaking news. Ooh. So I could I could I could jump right into that. Get on I don't it. know if you guys saw this, but if you want to buy a jail, there's one for sale right now for $140,000. Are there inmates inside of it? Mm-mm. Well, oh, okay. Well, you only wanted to buy it if there were people that came with. It. <laughs> well, I mean, jails are privatized. You can make a fuck ton of money off That's of a true. privatized jail, especially yeah, so. in this economy. Mm. <laughs> How are supposed to work? We don't technically have slavery anymore. Anyway, eight bedrooms, eight baths. Uh, the bedrooms are jail cells. The baths with the toilets in them, plus a one-bedroom attached living quarters. It's unrestored, it's not kept up to code, and it is fully haunted. So, sounds familiar. A haunted jail. Because there's one in Gilchrist County. Wait, I have a question. Uh, Is that in Texas? No. Um, So, when you say eight bathrooms and it's just the toilets, so it would be eight half baths. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. So four bathrooms. So four, but no like shower situation. Well, I do think there's a shower with a couple of nozzles. I'm not sure how that adds up. I think it's a separate shower room. You know how jails are. Okay. Communal shower, shower. Separate toilets, separate cells, plus the one bedroom house that's relatively normal. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. I'm in. They only showed pictures of the jail part on Zillow. So, you know. Uh, anyway, Gilchrist County is not in Texas. It's in, of course, Florida. 
And uh, Gilchrist County might actually be the stupidest county in Florida. Uh, I don't know. That's that's bold. I'm not saying anything about the people who live there. I'm just saying its reason for existing is uh, really dumb. Yeah, that's true of all of Florida. (laughs) It's in the north central part of the state, uh, which is the part of the state nobody thinks about for good reason. And it was formed in 1925 when the residents wanted to break free of the neighboring Alakua County for three reasons. Number one, the roads were bad. Number two, they didn't want to put fences around their cow pastures. And those assholes in Alakua County were going to make them put fences around their cow pastures. And number three, the uh, share of racetrack revenues for the dog and horse tracks were split up evenly by county. And they thought, hey, if we start our own county, mm. we get some of that dough. Mm. And that's the real reason. It's still to this day very rural. The entire county has about 15,000 residents. It is 90% white. The median white. income, the median income is below the poverty line. Uh, and the largest and only cities are Fanning, Springs, and Trenton. And no, you haven't heard of those. So here's the entirety of the Wikipedia sections listing on the economy of Gilchrist County. The whole section, I'm going to read the whole thing. The Trenton State Farmer's Market is located on State Road 47, north of Trenton. <laughs> so that's the economy. <laughs> Tight. But even a small county has to do things for itself. Build a courthouse, which they did. Good job. Hire a sheriff and make a jail. They figured that out three years after they formed. uh, And the jail was opened in 1928. Whose fault was that? I don't know. The one sheriff that they hired, that's right, one cop for the whole county, uh, would spend as much of his day there as he could. Uh, but otherwise, the inmates went completely unsupervised, especially at night when he went home. <laughs> uh, so there's almost no documented history of what went on at the jail because none of the sheriffs were really avid diary keepers. And also uh, two of them were murdered there. Okay. The first was Sidney Slaughter, uh-huh, 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 who was shot and killed by three men who were committing a robbery in 1934. The robbers were never identified. And the second was Mark Reed, who was killed uh, responding to a domestic disturbance call in 1956, for which Haley Connor was executed by the state. Connor, prior to committing the murder, had been an inmate at Gilchrist, and that's how he knew the sheriff. So mm-hmm. kind of iffy on whether or not that was first degree. But they went ahead and called it that and then bzz, zapped him. So with scant records of who was in or out of the jail, uh, it's surmised that many of the inmates died there, probably due to in-jail violence after hours. Almost every missing persons case between uh, 1928 and 1968 can kind of be traced back to the jail. What? Yeah, like if someone just stopped showing up in the world and they had been in the jail, people basically went, oh, so they died Mm. there. Things continued in this way for 40 years. The residence part was built in 1966 in order to try to stem the violence that was going on after hours, but then the jail closed in 1968 when uh, Gilchrist County realized that they were 
well into the 20th century and could not keep up this sheriff of Nottingham shit. <laughs> so they closed it in 1968 and it sat there pretty much abandoned and used by squatters for nearly half a century. Uh, the house part of the jail would get taken up by families who needed housing. There's a woman online named Melissa who remembers living there in 1999 for a few months. Her daughter was 18 months old at the time and apparently used to talk to someone during the early hours mm-hmm. of the morning, Mm-mm. just stand nope. in her crib and babble. Nope, nope. done. I'm done. Uh, I'm out. Uh, she said that shadows would pass by the living room window and then there'd be a knock on the door. But when they opened the door, nobody was there. And anytime somebody approached the entrance to the jail, which was a door in the kitchen, just like our hotel. Anytime they got near that door, the shackles on the walls inside the jail part would rattle and the cell doors would try to slam shut despite being locked. Jesus Christ. I think there's puppy problems going on in Karina's area. I'll try to murder her quietly. Okay. Um, <laughs> killing her softly. In, uh, in 2005, the owner of the jail at that time called up her friend, Arlene Hale, and casually mentioned that the property was for sale. And Hale replied, nuh-uh, it's already sold. And she bought it for $30,000, according to county records. So she owned a jail. Yay, good for Arlene Hale. Arlene was an avid ghost hunter type person. Uh, and her husband was not, but he went along with it. And she would give tours on the Saturday nights closest to Halloween for years. In 2008, Willie Jones, who was a vagrant, was shot to death in an altercation that took place at the jail, which was still popular with squatters because Hale didn't live there at the time. She found him dead inside the kitchen right at the window next to the haunted door. Dog. <laughs> she says that he still... All right, hold on. <laughs> Fine. There we go. Okay. She says that he still talks to her. One time I walked through him and it felt like I was being vibrated, she said, and then oh. added, me and him get along real good. Oh. Yeah. Did she just get I'm... jerked off by a ghost? I mean, that's what it sounds like, right? I don't know. Hey, look, it's lonely out there in Gilchrist County. So the only spirit in the jail that she can't abide is named Robert, and he lives in the last cell, the furthest from the house. She says that he is fond of women, especially blondes and is hostile to any men who enter, which sounds like something I've heard on every ghost tour ever. That's true. Um, And once again, nothing's documented, so all the names and stories that she tells on the tour are pretty much made up. But That's the kind of ghost tour I would lead. I just look... It's. I feel like both of y'all would do the same thing, too. Like, it's, you know, like insult improv kind of just playing off the crowd and like being like you look yeah. like you'd be if you're a woman i'm gonna say <laughs> that there's a hostile male in here who hates women who named hates lisa you, you right. specifically <laughs> that'd be awesome uh, oh shit sorry hold on slight other thing uh somebody messaged us on instagram and was like oh my god 
my mom's name is Julie and she has two sisters. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I fucking nailed it. it. So anyways, oh, that was for genius. my last episode. Just have to say <laughs> it. Okay, sorry. Um, so anyway, she's making it all up. But it, there's no doubt that there's something haunted going on there. Asked if the uh, spirits ever leave the property with guests who frequently run out of the jail by the end of the tour. Hale says, yes. We learned that the hard way. Oh. And that's where that article ended. So that's still the woman that got vibrated. Yes. Okay. That's Arlene Hale. So in 2015, she started giving more frequent tours three times a week. And the spot became really popular with YouTubers. You can absolutely watch a walkthrough on YouTube if you want, or two or three. And online haunted house sites. Everybody who visits claims to have heard, felt, or seen something while there. It is without a doubt one of those like places that's just haunted. It just is. Uh, so Arlene Hale has decided to cash in. She is selling. The Zillow listing says it's a turnkey tourist-related business opportunity. It's zoned as a single-family dwelling, no garage, on a quarter acre of land. And as of last night, as of 420, there's a pending sale listed at the asking price of $139,990. Uh, just be aware there's no schools in the area and the area has been given a walk score of somewhat walkable. So there, mm. now you know whether or not you want to buy a haunted jail in the middle of bumfuck Florida. Go get it before that fire closes. This looks almost identical to where we stayed. I know, right? It this sounds like basically weird. the same setup in my brain. Kind of, except I don't think the residence has been fully airbnb to niceness. Mm-mm. I think the whole thing is still rickety and rotten. Right. You'd have yeah. to do that. One of it's the two photos. stories. One, <laughs> I know one of the photos. I'm going to say it has a little ghost in it. Yes. It's like so a. Cute. They like highlight it all. What does she have? <laughs> My goodness. It's a flower pot. Every time we buy a flower. She takes the pot and rubs it on the floor all over the house. Good. <laughs> Does that mean you have a bunch of empty dead flowers as well? Jesus. It sounds no, like she's in a washing machine. Like, and we're in there with her, and she has a flower pot. <laughs> My God, shut up. <laughs> That's my story. Uh, <laughs> the estimated monthly payment is $610. And that's not bad, I'll tell you what. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's kind of a bargain. I mean, I think the taxes are only 500 bucks a year, too. It's it's affordable. They should never pay yours, which is weird. You know. Yeah, Gilbert's yeah. County might need some overflow, you know? You could do that private prison thing, Whitney. For the real you know? hard cases, put them in the do haunted you, one. Do you think, like, do I have to go, like, bid on prisoners or something, maybe? Like, I wonder how I get uh, that, uh, you know? No, <laughs> just, that, start, no. just start imprisoning people for fun. I mean, isn't that what, pe- isn't that what cops do? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Wow. Stop biting me. 
Sorry. <laughs> you said the C word. <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh. <sighs> well, Lisa, you want me to go now or do you want to go now? Um, I can. Uh, mine's jail related, jail adjacent. <clears throat> Mine is also jail adjacent <gasps> at some oh. point in it. So go for it. Ooh, we did it. Weird brunch. Hey. Um, so I want to talk about Bonnie and Clyde and Blanche. <laughs> the third Blanche. wheel. Blanche. Kind of, yeah. Um, so Blanche Barrow was married to Clyde's brother, Buck. <laughs> Buck and Clyde and Bonnie and Blanche. That's All right. a lot of B alliteration. I'll tell you what. I think that's bunch the second of, time I said that. I'm sorry. Bunch of B's and a C. Um, <laughs> so when the Barrow boys went into crime life, Bonnie was like, fuck yeah. And Blanche was like, um, hey, Buck, what about no? But then she gave in. Background on Blanche. She was born Benny Iva Caldwell on January 1st, 1911. One, 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 one. That's cool. Wait, so she changed her name from Benny to Blanche? Mm hmm. That's a wild choice. Like, I mean, I guess it was obviously 100 or plus years ago, but. Yeah. Oh, I heard somebody refer to the 90s as the late 1900s recently, and it made me want to throw up in my mouth, but also uh, is the way I would like to refer to the 90s and 80s from now on. So, Oh, I love it. I'm so the, down for In that. the late yeah. 1900s. <laughs> no, that made me. <laughs> That made my, my heart stop. Like yeah. The late 1900s. Yeah. We were born in the late 1900s. Just keep that in mind. Well, some mm. of you were. Mm. Okay. Well, You're still late 1900s, Karina. Oh, thanks. Mm. You're All right. Well, anyway, Blanche. Oh, God. Now I just don't want to go on. Um. <laughs> So Benny Iva Caldwell Blanche was born in Garvin, Oklahoma, and she was mostly raised by her father after her parents divorced. And then uh, out of fucking nowhere, her estranged mother was like, hey, <laughs> I, uh, I arranged this marriage for you <laughs> to this guy, John Calloway. You're 17, right? Go on. How much fucker. money are you getting, mom? Yeah, I mean, fucker came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, Callaway was a violent man whose physical abuse left her unable to bear children. I oh, briefly tried to figure out what that meant, and two articles were like, unable to bear. I was like, that's good enough for me. Um. In 1929, Blanche is hiding from Callaway in Dallas, and she meets Buck Barrow, a twice-divorced criminal. Hot tea. Mm. Blanche quickly fell for him. Unfortunately, he was arrested during a burglary shortly after their first meeting. Hot tea. <laughs> but Buck had fallen for Blanche, too, when he broke out of prison <laughs> She was the first person he went to see. Hot tea. 
1931, the pair got married um, and Blanche was like, look, I'm not going to live my life like wondering when the cops are coming to take you. This is bullshit. Uh, go turn yourself in, do the time. And then he was he did. And then Buck was paroled after two years in 1933. Pretty much right after he's released, he runs into his brother, Clyde. Hey, cool. can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. My volume greeny thing stopped oh. working, so I'm just making sure I'm not muted or something. Cool. My greeny thing stopped working too. It still says recording though, and Karina can hear us, so that should be good, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, I wonder. I, I wonder oh, shit. if I meet you. Oh, I don't I know. I was just muting myself to like the barking was bad. Jeez. Oh, Do. Do we want to pause? And oh, jeez, oh, jeez, oh, that was only like for like five minutes or so, right? Maybe even less. Yeah. yeah. Lisa, do you want to back it up just a little? Maybe just in case. I don't know. Do we want yeah. to pause and re-enter? That always seems to be problematic. Uh, I think we're okay. Okay. We're okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. There you go. So, Buck gets paroled. He's out of jail. 1933. If you're familiar with Bonnie and Clyde, you know 1933 is a hell of a year. So Buck runs into Clyde right after he's released. Clyde is like, hey, dude, I got a bunch of shit, a bunch of irons and a bunch of fires. Uh, and at this point, Clyde's like a seasoned criminal. And, you know, he's got Bonnie with him. She's all into it. And they're both like, hey, what if we double date on this crime tour? Mm. So then Buck's like, hell yeah, brother. And Blanche is like, okay, again, what if not? What if we didn't do that? Um, but then ultimately she follows her husband. And for four months in 1933, Buck and Blanche uh, accompany Bonnie and Clyde. And they're doing their shootouts and robberies and drunken nights. And it was like, it was unlike anything Blanche had ever experienced. And she had a lot of mixed feelings about the situation. She's excited. She's, you know, depressed. She's confused. And then she's also really annoyed with Bonnie and Clyde. Because when the couple wasn't plotting their next move, they spent a lot of time getting hammered and playing cards. Mm-hmm. And so then Blanche is over here cooking and cleaning. Poor Blanche. It's like when you're in high school and you hang out with kids that are like cooler than you or way more into drugs. And you're like, I don't know if I can hang. Yeah. And that's your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that is my whole life. Um it is like I, th- I got this uh, from all that's interesting, and I think the title was like Bonnie and Clyde's anxious third <laughs> something yeah. about her being anxious. Be and like, I was like, uh, Yeah, I get it. I get it, Blanche. Um, so even though she's not a fan of the couple at first, she eventually bonds with them. She takes pity on Bonnie's dependency on alcohol and she sympathizes with her unconditional love for Clyde. Uh, and, you know, she felt the same way about Buck. <clears throat> and uh, this is from her autobiography, My Life with Bonnie and Clyde. 
She said, we laughed about a lot of things that we should have taken more seriously, but no matter how serious or dangerous the situation was, we always found something to laugh about later on. It always seemed better to laugh than to cry. We had to laugh to keep from crying. Yikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it didn't take long for Blanche to discover that the life of a fugitive was not as romantic as the stories made it out to be. One Night mm. while the group is hiding in a remote cabin in Joplin, Missouri, where dreams are made. She <coughs> she heard something that sounded like, quote, someone had turned a machine gun on the place. At first, she thought that Clyde had accidentally discharged a weapon and couldn't stop it. Um, Fair. Yeah, why not? Uh, but then Buck told her that the cops were there and they needed to leave immediately. Um, And the shootout that followed scared off the couple's dog, Blanche and and Buck's dog. And Blanche like ran after to try to catch it. And she, and then she got pulled into Clyde's car before she could grab the puppy. Um, At least the dog in my brain got away. You know what? My brain too, Whitney, (laughs) my brain too. Good. Um, Brains are safe spaces. That's good to know. Sometimes, like (laughs) 5% of the time, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really good moment. Um, Two policemen were killed in that shootout. And as the couples drove off, Blanche felt, quote, as if all my hopes and dreams were tumbling down around me. So this was the one, I guess, that was like the, oh, fuck moment. Mm -hmm. Um, as they drove away, Blanche realized she had forgotten some important papers, including the document confirming Buck's pardon and their marriage certificate. She had also left behind several photos that the group had taken while they were all on the road. Yikes, Blanche. Those cool photos of Bonnie and Clyde? Probably. I assume, like the ones where they're just like, and she's like. Up on his hip or something. Anyways. Yeah. In front of their car. I think that was one of them. Um, So not only is this a problem for Blanche, but um, it's also just like the, you know, cops are like, oh my God. Yeah. They're just Mm. huge boners over this. Um, And because they, they were just looking for me. (laughs) Those pictures are hot, man. Yeah. Cause they're, you know, they're looking for anything that they could possibly find on these people. Um, and it didn't take them long for the authorities to track them down outside of Platte city, plate city, Platte city, Missouri. And once they did another shootout happens, uh, Buck is shot in the head and Blanche is hit with flying glass. Um, and well, they were barely able to escape to Iowa. Um, they kind of, you know, they realized that this was the beginning of the end. Um, and then while they're driving away, the cops shot, um, the front window of the car and glass goes into Blanche's left eye, which causes permanent damage to her vision um then there's another shootout near an abandoned theme park in iowa i would pay 
mm-hmm. millions of dollars to see this. Mm-hmm. You got millions of dollars? No, but I will fund it. I will go fund <laughs> time traveling to see a shootout near an abandoned theme park. Yeah. In the 1900s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Early, early yeah. 1900s, not to be confused with the late 1900s. For right. We are all birthed. Y'all are. <laughs> please. Uh, sure, Lisa. Please, please. Um, sure. So uh, this is July 24th, 1933. Um, at this point, Blanche weighs just over 80 pounds. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And her eyesight is so bad that she mistook a camera pointed at her for a weapon. Um, Buck's head injury. He survived? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it was so like he he's alive. Um and I don't know what this is, but I think I know, and I don't want to look it up. But his brain pan was exposed. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like where you can kind of see some. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's the part that the brain that sits in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to like get through the cranium to see that, right? Exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm just making sure he didn't have like some deformed baby head whereas Fontenelle was still like <laughs> unclosed and he just had straight up brain chilling out for a while that brain anyway chilling. you know mm. 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 this mm. is a gross episode <laughs> um, <laughs> so um Bonnie and Clyde they get away from this one from the the theme park shootout um but Blanche and Buck are taken to a nearby doctor um buck requires surgery obviously um but he would ultimately die from pneumonia that he contracted during the operation which motherfucker you got shot in the head it and got you to die of pneumonia that sucks that is a bummer that sucks um and then blanche she survived her injuries which means that she has to deal with the law. So she is extradited to Missouri. She's charged with assault with intent to kill during the previous shootouts with the cops that uh, got dead. Um, Authorities were like, hell yeah, new boners, not for gross reasons, but boners because she's got information and we Mm. get off to information. Mm. Mm. Info boners. Yeah. Makes me think Alan Jones and Alan Jones, Alex Jones. But doing a porn. That's what <laughs> yeah. Info boner. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the earth is as flat as this dick is hard. Uh, or he just ugh. has like a flat saucer shaped dick. That was a really complex syllogism for Alex Jones. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Uh, Earth is to flat as dick is to hard. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. SATs. Okay. 
They got her. Bonnie and Clyde still on the loose. Uh, Blanche is now subject to uh, interrogation. They're like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And then at some point, this uh, guy that we might know, you might know, you might not know, uh, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover comes in and he's like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And she was like, nope, 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 nope. And then Hoover was like, I'm going to gouge out your uninjured eye, you bitch. Oh. And she was like, don't care. Nope. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, good for her. Fuck yeah. She, um, she, you know, just kept saying like, look, I joined because I love my husband and he's dead. I, mm-hmm. that's why I joined. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and she, yeah, she refused to give them up. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde up the whole time. Um, she re- remained loyal to them until they were uh, bo- the day they were both killed by police in Louisiana on May twenty third, nineteen thirty four. So that's almost a whole year of her going. Mm-mm, mm-mm, wow. Mm-mm. Um, Blanche would serve six years in prison for her role in the crimes committed by the Barrow Gang. But even after she left prison, obviously these memories stay with her. Uh, She talks of the incidents like she wasn't a part of it. Uh, And I think that like that she said that that's the only way she keeps from going crazy is to be like, that was a different thing. Like, Mm -hmm. like totally dissociate from it. Um. Since she was one of the only people close to Bonnie and Clyde who survived, Blanche was involved in the production of the 1967 film Bonnie and Clyde. She's. Oh, I did just realize that like a movie from 1967 would have only been 30 years after that happened. Um Roughly, and like that would be the same thing as if somebody made a movie about Woodstock '99 in five years, and it just, I don't, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, in the wow. late Woodstock of the late 1900s, <clears throat> at the turn oh. of the century. I was going to say, would you prefer turn it's, of the century? I would. I think I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, put that in a TikTok, Whitney. <laughs> Uh, no 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 she's uh blanche is widely credited with transforming the story into movie magic um and helping cement the title character's infamous legacy uh with her involvement in the film she that said she hated the way that she was portrayed in the movie um the actress who who played her estelle parsons won the academy award for best supporting actress for this movie and oh. Blanche was like, I don't know. This makes me look like a screaming horse's ass. <laughs> um, and then as for Blanche's personal life, she, you know, was really sad about Buck. Um, but eventually she ended up marrying a new man named Eddie Frazier. It's like a racer, but Frazier. Mm-hmm. Um, not not Toss salad and scrambled eggs. F-R-A-S-I-E-R. Um, and she would stay by Eddie's side until his death in 1969. Uh, and then Blanche lived alone 
1988 when she died of cancer at the age of 77. Wow. So that's fucking dope. <laughs> did she have to wear it? Did her eye recover? Did she have to wear an eye patch as like for the rest of her life? I do not think she had to wear an eye patch, but I do not think it recovered. I don't know that um, medical procedures were that advanced. I mean, I'm sure in the there 30s of her as an older woman. I just really wanted her to wear an eye patch. That's all. I'm just upset yeah. now. That's fair. That's our mood today is upset. Yeah. Just yes. uh, nothing is good enough, you know? No. Except for that story, Lisa. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. I did just Google Blanche Barrow and eye patch, and I don't see anything. But I will say this woman was like really hot, in my opinion. All right. We Google it, and it's just pictures of Lisa Blanche Barrow. Like wheelbarrow. She's got that like, uh, like Sally Field went around the bend kind of look to her. Yeah. yeah, almost like a Gina Davis, Sally Field baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, look, you can um, see her fucked up eye, though. Yeah, I was about to say, I can see. Yeah, that's adding to the hot, for sure. Oh, she'd be a cool-looking ghost also. Dang. Blanche. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'd look like a piece of crap, like, back in in the before everything, like... I always think about what I would look like if I w- had been painted in, you know, like Elizabethan, like portrait style without any makeup and like a really large forehead. And like people would be like, well, she wasn't a great beauty, but, you know, oh. she was very loud what? or something. I feel oh like that's God. how they would describe me oh my back gosh. in the day. What? What do you? I, I don't know. It's Anyways. just. <laughs> Be nice to yourself. No, I'm not here for that. I'm here to be upset. (laughs) Okay, well. um, I'm here to be loud. I'm here to be loud. I'm here to be upset. I'm cranking this forehead to a five head loud. Oh, it's there. Especially with my headphones on and like a weird only front facing light. Like it's a lot of forehead going on. Okay. Anyways. So speaking of jails, um, this story has a jail into it in it. Um, I wasn't going to do this part of the story initially. I had a piece of it and I didn't realize that it was part of something else. And I started researching other stuff unrelated because I didn't think it had enough to do with anything. And then both of my fucking stories like intertwined. And I was like, holy shit, this is a sign from God that uh, I need to do this. So what first started me down my path is something called the St. Pierre Snake Invasion, which I just sounds right up my alley. I'm very excited. St. Pierre Snake Invasion. Fun fact, there's also a moderately famous punk band called snake saint pierre snake invasion which made i was about to say this sounds oh, really? like a band from the early 70s uh i don't know if it's 70s but 
but there is a band and it makes doing research on this particular incident pretty difficult because all the articles out there are about this fucking band. I did not listen to them. So if you feel like doing it, go out, tell us how it is. Um, But yeah, the St. Pierre snake invasion relates to the eruption of Mount Pele in 1902. So Mount Pele is in St. Pierre, Martinique, and that is in the Caribbean, right? Or is it the Bahamas? I should fucking know that. I read so much about it. Karina, tell me. In the Antilles in the Caribbean. Caribbean. Okay. Yep. Um, so St. Pierre, Martinique was known as the Paris of the West Indies. Uh, it was settled by the French, or well, I don't know if colonized by the French, if, the, if that makes more PC or whatever it actually is. Taken. Sorry. Taken by the Stolen French. Stolen by the French. Um, <laughs> the population was somewhere between 20 and, 20 and 30,000 of Marti- Martinicans. 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 Martinis. Wonderful people. Uh, and a lot of wealthy Creole and French people also lived there because it was like a literal paradise. Um, so on this part of Martinique, there is a giant fucking volcano, AKA Mount Pele. And up until right now, 1902, it's had a couple kind of like, not so terrible things happened like in the mid 1800s it had you know it shook a little maybe spewed out a little stuff not a whole bunch of people died it's it's been pretty dormant and so no one's ever really been afraid of this volcano and obviously there are people not just living in saint pierre but also like along the slope up the volcano like closer to it than the actual city and people are like, no, nah, it's fine. Um, Pele actually means bald mountain. And that's just how people saw it. So in 1902, April, fresh steaming vent holes start to open up oh. around the mountain. And yeah. people are, I'm sorry, I said steaming vent hole, but uh, I think you are sorry. And mild earth tremors are happening and people are like, eh, this will be fine. Um, April 23rd, 1902, minor explosions start at the summit of the volcano and still people are like, eh, it's fine. Like some of the people who lived closer, like on the actual side of the mountain are like, we're going to go down to St. Pierre and just huddle over there. This is probably like six miles from the actual top of the mountain is where St. Pierre is. And uh, so few people evacuate to the very nearby city. The mayor is there and he's like, y'all, this is fucking fine. Don't even worry about it because at the time they were having elections and they didn't want anyone to leave because they hmm. needed people there to vote in this fucking election. The mayor's mm-hmm. like, it's so fucking safe. I'm going to keep my family here. This is going to be great. 
Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that we can all just be on the side of this volcano that is slightly becoming (laughs) active as we speak. Just drink hydrochloric King. Mm -hmm. So by early May, ash starts to rain down continuously all all over the area of the volcano and in St. Pierre. There's also a very nauseating stench of sulfur filling the air, gases coming from this volcano. And people are just like, I mean, the mayor says it's okay to stay. Like, I guess we're fine. But the worst part, well, not the worst part, but the part of the title of this event starts to happen. And all the animals that are like living up on the side of these, this mountain and in the jungles or whatever are like, all right, bitch, we're out. So the city of Martinique gets invaded by hundreds of snakes and centipedes, like giant fucking centipedes. Any of the animals that can travel six miles from this volcano area to get away from what's about to happen. And supposedly six foot long serpents killed upwards of 50 people mostly children, a fuck ton of animals, horses, pigs, dogs were killed by foot-long centipedes and those balls of red ants, you know, how the ants will like kind of travel together as a mass. Mm. And so all the animals and disgusting creatures are evacuating the volcano and still people are like, I mean, I still think we're in a safe area. Um, what is a foot long centipede? And I don't know this ant thing. Hold it? on. You've never seen like any of the natural National Geographic shit with the very like the centipedes themselves are usually what like an inch or an inch and a half wide. Is that like is that and- like shit that Joe Rogan would make people eat? No, that's like donkey dicks. Like a centipede, it's <laughs> you know what a centip- you know it's got a ton of legs. Yeah, like, I, I know it's got a fucking legs, but I've never seen one that big. Really? Oh, well, they're creepy. You can own them as pets. It's disgusting. I see this. I don't need this. Imagine what it. Thanks for, crawling up thanks for reminding me that our new neighbor is only somebody people care about because of fear factor. Uh-huh. I forgot that that was his road. Out yeah, that's how road. everyone's parents know him. Yeah. It's great. Every time I hear his name, I just, I think of that skit. Hey, Joe Rogan. That's how I hear his name. I can't eat all that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so shit severely starts to hit the fan on May 5th, 1902. Obviously, it's been continuously hitting the fan, but everyone's just kind of ignoring it and listening to the leader and being like, this is going to be fine. On May 5th, a landslide of boiling mud and water from the no. tank sec. So I can, can I can, can you hear me echoing or is that? Okay, oh no, good. I don't hear an echo. You don't hear an echo. Uh-uh. Okay, cool. Um, so the e-tank sec is the caldera of the volcano. So a caldera is, you know, you, when you think about like how a little kid would draw a volcano, it's like a triangle with like a half moon in the top. And then the, mm-hmm. that little half moon at top is the caldera. 
So during this process, the caldera has been filling up with this watery mud. And same on May 5th, it's like, guess what? I'm ready to pop. And so this landslide of boiling mud and water comes out of the caldera and spills into the River Blanche, which is the main river in St. Pierre. And 23 people are killed as this lava mudslide is coming through the city. It also like blows up a rum distillery. Apparently, there were like hundreds of rum distilleries down there because sugarcane grows really, really easily in volcanic ash. And so they were like, we're fucking making rum forever. So also very explosive. On top of this mudslide going into there. The rum or the volcanic ash? Both. Actually, probably that combo. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, it's a crazy combo. So. It's a charcoal grill, basically. Yes. All of this is going through the river, getting pushed out into the ocean, and it starts to create like tiny, not tiny tsunamis, but tsunamis that would come back and kill a few hundred people. And that's not even the actual volcano exploding yet. So... <laughs> Are they still going to vote for this guy or? I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. Um, still, oh, it was the governor, not the mayor. Governor Lewis says, there's nothing, there is nothing in the activity of Mount Pele that warrants a departure from St. Pierre and concluded that the safety of St. Pierre is completely un or completely assured and people are like, great. We we're still here three days later, May 8th, 1902 Mount Pele finally explodes. And so the way the mountain explodes isn't out of the top. It like blows a chunk out of the side of it. And so this huge, it's okay. At the time they didn't have a word for what it was called. But um, hold on, let me see if I can't find it. It's it's a combination. It wasn't like straight up lava. It was like clouds of actual like lava, little tiny pieces and like debris and shit. And so it created this like huge fucking horrible, heavy cloud of volcanic ash and lava and is way more dangerous than actual lava like flowing down the side of a volcano because it's it can go anywhere and it's so heavy that it yeah it just like falls out it rushes into the town of St. Pierre at like a hundred miles an hour literally nobody can go anywhere but it's also because it's not like actual lava, it, it, but it's so physically hot. It's like you're inside of a fucking oven. People are just like burning up, but they can still see each other. Like there's nothing you can brush off. You're just getting burned to death by the heat of the gases around you. So 26... We Sorry. haven't even gotten to the jail part yet. No. This is <laughs> so this is awful. Um, These people. Yeah, it was 
really terrible. So it was a ground hugging cloud of incandescent lava particles. Um, it's called a pyroclastic flow, which has since then been observed a lot. But at the time, nobody fucking knew what was going on because we were like, well, we got lava and like exploding stuff, but not this pyroclastic flow thing. Also um, a good band name. Pyroclastic flow. Yeah. But like trippy, like mm-hmm. acid rock shit. Um, so 26,000 people estimated die like the whole fucking city is completely leveled the governor who had gone there with his whole family no one can vote because everyone's fucking dead jesus you're like well did anybody survive like this is the worst volcanic like eruption in recorded history like that's so many fucking people it's kind of wild to even consider it how many 26,000. That's nothing compared to the Titanic. Oh, it's a lot more than the Titanic. I think we both know about that. And if you want me to call you later and we can talk about how many people tragically died on the Titanic and post (laughs) the ocean, we can talk about it. I'll text you about it later tonight to remind you. Um, Thank you. Welcome. So (laughs) you're like, did anybody survive? Turns out. Well, no. <laughs> two to three people survived. One of two them. Two to three. Two to three. Okay. Uh, I feel like one of them's kind of a rumor, but uh, my guy that I found that intertwined with my fucking first story about the snakes is a guy named Ludger Silbari or Silbaris, mm-hmm. but I think it's Bari considering. Um, he was an Afro Caribbean man who lived in Martinique. He was arrested the night before Mount Pele erupted. Apparently he had been like brawling in the street and they were like, you're going into the drunk tank. Enjoy. So this particular jail cell, it was like alone solitary confinement definitely like not really part of a full structure but it backed up to the kind of bottom of the very of the slope of the volcano um and it it had one tiny tiny little window like above the door so there was some ventilation but other than that like it would normally be a very terrible place to be. Half of it was underground also. Like they dug down, you know, it's like a split level uh, jail cell, if you consider it that way. So (laughs) he had obviously no idea what was happening. He wakes up, the fucking ground is shaking. Mount Pele tears open. A black dense cloud comes out. He can't see shit, but there's ash and stuff like this uh, pyroclastic stuff is coming through the vent. And he like pees on his clothes and tries to shove them into the vent to keep it from getting in there. And I was like, oh, that was pretty fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Hell um, yeah. It's, is it? That's just going to smell your room. I mean, if you're going to die, like, why not? Um so Why not go down in your own urine, Karina? Yes. 
but it, oh, I plan to. Doesn't <laughs> everybody don't, don't you evacuate your bowels? Anyways, um, mm-hmm. so he does that. He still gets like he's basically in like a tiny little uh, pizza oven. So it does get uh-huh, that's cute. It, it does get um super super fucking hot in there. He passes out, but. When he comes to, obviously he he does come to, and he's still alive. Um, the temperature outside from the pyroclastic cloud got up to one thousand eight hundred and thirty degrees Fahrenheit, and no. they were able to figure that out because glass had melted, but. I think it was copper tubes or some other type of metal hadn't. And so it, they know that the temperature was between the melting glass temperature, but below the metal temperature, which I think is really interesting. Um, so it only lasted a short moment, the heat, but it did burn his hands, arm, neck, legs, everything. But his clothes, his pee clothes didn't ignite. And he was able to, uh, I guess, be close enough to the ground to where he didn't have to breathe in searing hot air that would liquefy your lungs and cause you to like drown in your own body fluids, which also happened to a lot of people who didn't instantly burn to death. Um, I hate this. So he survived and like some people they didn't come into the fucking city anybody until like six days after the explosion happened probably because they were like holy shit who knows if it's gonna blow again i'm sure there was still like a huge cloud ashes and stuff just hanging out around but they heard him came and found him and old luger went and joined the barnum bailey circus and toured america showing off his like (laughs) scars and explaining how he lived through doomsday and they called him the most marvelous man in the world he was the first black man to ever star in barnum and bailey's greatest show on earth um and they have a replica of the the cell that he was in and they have like a little okay. thing of him. Um, he died of natural causes in 1929. Another guy who survived, or the other guy, not another, but the other, um, was just, he like retreated into some house and just happened to luck out and didn't die. Everyone else in the fucking house died and burned to death. And he was just super lucky. And then the third person was also a little girl named Havivra da Ifri. Um, They think that she ended up jumping into some water and was able to stay far enough below for a little while to like avoid the boiling water on top that didn't kill her. So yeah, I, I, can't recommend going down a Mount Pele eruption wormhole enough. It was, there's a lot of different things going on. Obviously it's a horrible fucking tragedy up or like, they still don't know how many people died. I've seen 30,000, <coughs> 20,000. I'm taking 26 in the middle, but um, mm-hmm. 
it was terrible, but also interesting to learn about. Ding! Wow. That, ding. <clears throat> that was adventuresome. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how to, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I, it was, like, I felt like I was there. Mm. But it was in a way. Way. like, oh no. No, Lisa, well, don't like breathe in that in. Oh no, your your lungs are like wide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also it almost seems like like fairy tale shit. Like you is breathing fire. <laughs> like breathing your insides were liquefying. Yeah. The other like worst volcanic eruptions, and like everyone knows the name Krakatoa, because right. that's the one most people know. No node. Um, Krakatoa happened in 1883 and killed an estimated 36,000 people. So not quite as many. How many was Pompeii? Uh, I don't know. I know that Tambora, which I haven't heard of, killed 92,000 people. So, hey, maybe I'll do that next week and just go on a whole volcano thing. Pompeii. Pompeii death toll. Also, Pompeii, another band. That was the first thing that mm-hmm. popped up. Oh, Pompeii was only yeah. two thousand. Damn, wow. that's nothing. That's that's sub Titanic. Yeah, yeah. So, but theirs was yeah. the coolest because it was all preserved. You know. Yeah. It wasn't liquefied. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the band, the St. Pierre Snake Invasion, um, they have been active from 2010. So, Oh, shit. They are no, they current. Can't, they can't be actually punk. Are you allowed to be no. actually punk in 2010? Like, that's so, impossible, right? I don't know. I haven't looked at the law lately. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're identified as alternative indie, but there is an article that is, uh, what it's, they're from Bristol, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the St. Pierre snake invasion, keep on making hardcore punk as terrifying as the event they're named after. Ah, well, some so research. I mean, alternative indie is very different from hardcore punk in right. my brain. Um, I don't know. I'd say I'd listen, but I don't think I want to listen to that if if that's how they're described as two very, very different things. I'm Give not me gonna, a I'm minute. Gonna... Let me know if y'all can hear this. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. I can. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm in. They got me. Do they have singing? Okay. Is it like oh, probably. Shit? Damn. I closed. That's okay. Too. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but welcome to the new podcast, the St. Pierre Snake Invasion Fan Club, Population <laughs> One. Lisa, the survivor. Hell Karina yeah. and I were killed by a cloud of stuff we don't want to listen to. So. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That was definitely my fault. I I created the cloud. Uh, Uh, Well, well, guys. 
Stay in and out of jail. (laughs) I know. Stay in jail when it's beneficial to you. Yes. Know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Know when Mm -hmm. to pee on your clothes and shove them into a hole so you don't Mm -hmm. breathe. And And know when to buy the deed so that you can turn a profit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Know when to break up with your husband because you're going on a killing spree. A killing spree. Um, crime spree. Crime. Yeah, she yeah. didn't really kill him. And if you ever consult on a movie about your life, make sure you consult the hardest on the actress who plays you. Mm-hmm. So you're not a horse's ass. <laughs> <laughs> a depressed horse's ass. Oh, God. Clop. That's Clop. me. Full circle. Full circle. Guys, that was fun. That was fun. I'm going to sleep forever now. Me too. We're all going to die. Lisa's going to grind. Lisa can't grind. Lisa's going to grind. Grind up grind. Grind teeth. Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs>